gets me amped. Dunna, dunna, dunna. Gotta get you going. You gotta have something to pump you up and get you into, you know, the water is a nice little, it's relaxation. But then the, uh, you know, just the beat kicks in and you just, you're feeling it. You're feeling it. Uh, welcome to episode 142, everybody. We are here again. We're staying strong, staying alive. And, uh, yeah, we are here. I am, well, I'm here in spirit. Mentally, I'm kind of, eh. But this episode, I was there. I just, just this, particularly this second, I'm just kind of off. I'm a little off into another dimension. Uh, you know, still on my journey and figuring out my brain fog and all my mental health. But I'm still, I'm still pushing, trying new things. And uh, if I solve the puzzle, you guys shall find out for yourselves because I will share. All right, guys, 142, let's get into it. Thanks. Wonderful. All right, guys, we are back here again. Uh, I don't know why I got to break the fourth wall, but it's my second one of the night. And, um, you know, I, I always say, like, there's times where I don't do these very often because I do so many ahead and then... I find one or two guests and then all of a sudden it's like five or six come out of nowhere and I just, I do them, but they're very therapeutic because I get to learn from these people. And though I have my own problems and my, my own story, it, it helps me with mine just to get to know people who are positive and, and, and impacting their communities or uh, other people's lives through, you know, their pain and by sharing and all that. Cause I do think it helps. I don't think it helps by staying quiet. It just doesn't, uh, especially things like mental health because it's, it's ingrained in our culture and it, affects everybody on a daily basis you look at the world and i think the first thing that comes to your mind is mental health because people are pretty fucked up uh anyway so our next guest he, he's a very cool dude uh getting to know him just a little bit here and uh hopefully get to know him some more uh so you want to tell us your name just and a little about yourself sure well first thank you so much for having me my name is zane Landon. i am uh courting here from california with you and I am 24 years old. I've been here my entire life. I'll actually be moving to Washington, D.C. soon for a new job. And I really see myself and a lot of the work I do is mental health and disability rights advocacy. Those are the communities that are most important to me. I identify with them both. I also identify as a first-gen student that just graduated, uh, Hispanic and queer. But disability mental health been with me for a very long time. I mean, you could say being Hispanic and queer, but I still, mental health and disability has just been something that, you know, is really more profound to me, impacts me more, just how I navigate the world, how I see things, how I've struggled in school and kind of what my relationships have been like. So that's it about me. Sure. Do you have any physical ailments? Um, no, a lot of my disabilities are not apparent. I mean, for the longest time when I was growing up, I had migraine headaches, mm-hmm. and I will occasionally still get them, but I took medication that kind of almost in a way reversed them, but I did have a, you know, a physical ailment, but not anymore. Gotcha. Fair enough. Um, no, yeah, mental health, I, I've, uh, from, from, I don't know how much I have told you or didn't tell you, so I'm legally blind from a rare condition when I was a kid, and so I, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I do have my own physical things, and I have some chronic pain and things like that, but mental health mm-hmm. i've as much as i fight for the disability community and homelessness and all these different things mental health is probably the thing i'm the most passionate about because mm. 
it, it, it again, like I said, it affects everyone, but I've been plagued with it. It, it, it sucks. And, and I have, I've been having a lot more good days more so lately and all that. Uh, it's a real struggle. Uh, and no matter how much I am, I'm, I'm far from it where I have, I'm having better days because my worst days are well behind me. I still have some bad ones that, you know, keep me in check and humble me, but I'm very passionate about mm-hmm. it because I don't feel like we talk about it. And I say we as in the media and just people, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we talk about it on an open field. Like we don't, it's not, you don't, we don't get the entire uh, thing of, of mental health. We, we don't hear every bit and pieces of it. We, we get these little pieces that are on a surface level. Um, I don't think we go deep into it enough so that people understand it more. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, as a kid, you know, you, you, again, so many kids struggle, especially now. I wouldn't want to be a kid in school because, of, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, we all have dealt with some sort of bullying or, or something on that sort. But, I mean, the school shootings, uh, mm-hmm. COVID obviously was a new thing. Um, I mean, help was teachers sleeping with their students. And uh, there's, yeah. there's so much. And then the fact that when they get bullied, they also get bullied at home because of social media. Um, mm-hmm. and there's more peer pressure to do things. There's, there's more drugs that have been implemented into schools and, um, and it's cool to do really stupid shit now. Um, so yeah. So I mean, where does your, when did you really realize that you were kind of struggling with mental health? I've always have growing up. I mean, I, it's hard to recall a specific time because I feel like it's always something that has impacted me probably when I was four or five years old, I was depressed and angry more so than other kids. I had trouble socializing because of my emotions and I would get overwhelmed. There was always so much happening. So it's hard to pinpoint a specific time because it's always been mm-hmm. attached to me. But I do agree with what you were saying at the beginning about there isn't this, mass conver- this massive conversation happening at the mainstream level like we need it to be. And I think it's important to have these conversations within your circle and your communities. But I think if we're going to see some, you know, systemic cultural change, it needs to start from the very top of storytelling and where people get their news and their information, they'll get a place where now they're seeing mental health reported in an authentic way. Cause we've seen it not so much. We see mental health reported in a way that's very unproductive and it kind of fuels stereotypes. So I agree with you there. And there, there's a lot of pressures now being a kid with so many different things and and children are still kind of treated as not taking it seriously still when we realize that mental health impacts youth at a grand scale when you look at suicide and gun violence and homelessness a lot of this stuff impacts children and teens um but we still kind of treat children as if we shouldn't take them seriously we should take them very seriously because if we don't i mean it starts young so if we don't start engaging youth now, you know, children and teenagers and start talking openly about mental health and there's nothing wrong with getting help, there's nothing wrong with seeking professional help and kind of normalizing that from a younger age. Because like I see, I have no problem with that because I, my family was exposed to mental health from different people in my family. And so, you know, there are people in my family that saw psychologists. And so I, I don't see it as a very odd thing. And I'm seeing a lot more people now very open about just bringing up that their psychologist told them something. Or you'll see people talking in regular conversation like, oh, my, my psychologist told me this. 
Now that I think that's great because people are kind of open to the idea that they can see a psychologist and be open to sharing that. Yeah. And I think that is exactly what we need to see that there's nothing wrong with seeking professional help. And also professional help is not the only thing that's going to help. There's a lot of different things since mental health is not just a medical condition. It is also the impact of everything. Like every issue is going to be attached to mental health. I don't know any other issue that it won't be. Like you have gun violence, homelessness, even sexual assault. Yeah. Mental health is attached to it. Every single part of it. And there, there's very little, there's very little literature about intersections of disability and mental health. But to me, it's just so seamless. Like it just makes sense. Like mental health and disability, I mean, they're the same. Yeah. But oh, yeah. you know, like how do you, how does mental health, or how does mental health impact when you have a disability? And it definitely does. It's interesting that there's not a lot of stuff out there about that because, I, it to me, it just makes sense. I mean, people with disabilities are you know, can be isolated, can be kind of ostracized, can be looked at differently. And when you see that, of course, you're going to internalize it and think that there's something wrong with you. And then it kind of impacts how you feel about your disability and your identity and your entire self. And so it greatly will impact your mental health. Uh, so yeah. those are my thoughts. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very elusive. I think people try to simplify everything. Everybody wants it in a neat little bow. And this was with, mm -hmm. with anything. Uh, and with mental health, it, it's like, you know, like I said, it's surface level. They always like to say like, oh, so you have anxiety. So you're just, you're scared. Well, that's not so bad. Well, do something that, that doesn't make you so scared. Put you in a better place. It's like, it's not that simple. I mean, again, like right. you said, you've had it since you were a child. And I'm pretty much mm -hmm. the same way for me as well. And it's mm -hmm. it, it, like anxiety to me. My, my biggest challenge is, like, I see, I deal with depression, but I have things that are legitimately depressing. So I wake up with, with visual impairment every day and it takes a while to mm -hmm. adjust. I still manage. I still find ways to smile and we're having an interview and I'm, I'm having a good time. But I, there are days where I just, I, especially when I have bad eye days, it's like, you know, and I, I mean, bad eyes days for me, not for you. Cause my bad, eye, my good mm -hmm. eye days are bad for you, but mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, like I said, people want to simplify it and you can't simplify mental health. You just can't. It, it's, it, 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 there's so many ways you can just say someone's anxious Sure. Why don't you take a supplement? Why don't you exercise? Why do you do this? But like anxiety to me, like I was with my my depression. It, it, yeah, my depression sucks. But I don't want to take so much medication to where I'm a robot. And with my anxiety, as long as my anxiety is in check, I'm good because my anxiety is the unrealistic part. That's the part where even though my depression can be unrealistic at times as well, where it brings up old feelings and emotions and it piles on and all that. But with anxiety it makes everything so petrifying. And it is, I, I always compare it to like whack-a-mole where it's like every time you feel like you bop down that one thought, something else pops up in another part of your brain and it just keeps coming and coming to the board. So it's so scary mm -hmm. and you're out of control and you, and you feel like the only way to make this stop is just to end your life. Um, mm -hmm. And, and again, when you, when we, we don't talk about these things in a deeper level, we, we just write it off and we simplify it and we just go, okay, well, yeah, you're scared. It's like, no, man, you have to get into the, the intricate parts of your brain because our brains are, are there. There's nothing simple about our brains and mm -hmm. one little chemical imbalance and your brain is off to the races and doing something totally ridiculous. Um, and it's like, you could think, and I, I've talked about it on here many times where there was a period of time, my darkest places where I would see a girl. And because I had so much hatred for myself, 
uh, and mm. anyone I saw happy, like I didn't want them to be happy. I saw a girl who I never thought would ever talk to me and go, you know, what? I want to rape her. Of course, I would never act mm. upon it. And it scared the mm. shit out of me to even think that. But it was the fact that I was so down on myself and so down in life that if I saw an old lady, I'd want to hit her or just something just mm-hmm. brutal. And I could laugh about it because I have a dark sense of humor with some of my friends. But in reality, and at the time, it wasn't funny. But if you mm-hmm. if you admit these things, especially in this cancer cult, cancel culture world, you can't admit that you had horrible thoughts about race or anything, even if it wasn't, even if you didn't really have much control of yourself. Because you think, well, of course you have control of your brain. Like it's like no, you not all the time. Um, yeah, and it, it's scary how how dark your brain can get and how deep it can take you into these really bad places where you don't make it. Some people don't make it out. A lot of people don't make it out. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, if we simplify everything like we do, it, we're not getting anywhere. We're not. We're not really spreading awareness. We're not helping because when you make when you mm-hmm. simplify something so complicated as mental health, you're like I said, we're not. We're not going. We're going backwards. Yeah, um, it's true though. I mean, you can't simplify it. There is no one supplement that's gonna help you especially since everyone's different not every supplement's going to work and for some it will for some it won't um and so i think it is a little disingenuous when sometimes practitioners act like it's the only thing that's going to work when mental health is this well what i'm seeing now is i'm seeing more mental health being treated as a holistic experience not just the medicinal side but the environmental side um all the factors going on had actually addressed that and it's interesting um you know what you were saying and you have no control over that, those thoughts. And those thoughts are real. And people think they have control of their thoughts. No, they don't. No. Maybe some people do. Yeah. But for some people with these mental health conditions, these thoughts come in. And you don't want them there. And it just kind of fuels your anxiety more. And so, you know, I've had thoughts that were dark. And I kind of just learned to accept it. Not to avoid it. Because when I would avoid it, it would actually feel more anxiety for me. And so what I would do is just kind of to feel them and then just of course not not act on any of them but you know those dark thoughts happen to a lot of people dark thoughts on what they do to others dark thoughts on what they would do to themselves i mean i there's thoughts all the time of people who want to end themselves or end other people and so it is really interesting but like you said there needs to be more an openness to talk about this because now at this point like you say with in regard to council culture you can't say anything wrong or anything that you were experiencing that may deem a little offensive, even if something that might offend someone is your, your truth and something that will help you heal and just talking about it. So it is a very interesting kind of concept of what's going on with that because everyone has the ability to offend if they have the ability to think and talk. Um, And this idea that, you can't voice something, even if you're just questioning it and it's kind of stripped away from you or you're deplatformed or you're scared about offending people rather than, you know, sharing your truth in a respectful way. You know, and I think when that happens is we we forget that we are people and that we can disagree and that's okay. And people are scared to do that. People are scared to disagree because at this point you can't disagree without being labeled a certain way or kind of being given this identity that's not yours or or labeled a bad person when you're just disagreeing, you're just having a conversation and that's all it is, you know? Yeah. I look at it as for me, like 
if you're a person who is innocent, but you know someone put a hit out on you and they're always after you, they want you dead. And I look at that with my brain. Like my brain, there's a, tum- there's a small part of my brain that wants me dead. And it's con- every so often. And, I mean, there may be months go by. Like if you, if there was some bounty hunter that was put on your head for God knows what reason, you, you, you stepped on his shoes or something, and the guy didn't like it, and he put a hit out on you, and now your whole life you're on a run. Um, and there be there may be months go by where you you don't have to worry. You, you get complacent, and you're at home, and you're chilling, and you're watching a show, and you feel good. And then out of nowhere, your your door gets kicked in. You know, like mm-hmm. and you're, now you have to escape out of the you know out the fire exit or whatever. Um, because you, and, and so it, for me, like every so often, this dark cloud will just come over, and I get this tingle, mm-hmm. and I get this feeling, and all of a sudden, and I get depressed and I'll get frustrated and, and it, it beats me down. And again, the good thing is the longevity that I have with this. I'm a veteran at this at this point, not that I want to be, but I, it doesn't impact me for a long period of time like it used to, where it would consume me for months to weeks, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. now it may be 24 hours at most and the next day I wake up happy and I don't even know why. Um, yeah. So there's that. But I mean, if you look at it like someone who's constantly trying to kill you, um, mm-hmm. and it's not a person, you know, it's not a person you love. It's just a person who just wants you dead and you don't even know why. And you're always on guard and you have to continue to fight them off every time. And you have to do this probably for the rest of your life, whether you want to be mm-hmm. or not, even though you're, you're relatively maybe a 75, 80% happy person. It's just, you have PTSD and you have a lot of trauma that has happened to you that triggers things. And every so often you're just depressed and maybe you have feelings of, you know, like it's just, it'd be so much easier if I was just dead because you get, mm-hmm. you get lonely. Like I think loneliness and boredom are two things that, that really add to and exacerbate the depression. Cause when you're lonely and you're bored, like people don't think about boredom because it's like, Oh, we all get bored and we don't have things to do. But even though you're oh. bored, you have a, you have a your place you live in, you have Netflix, you have things you can just go to, like you have amenities for most of us. I mean, I know there's people that don't, but I mean, you have things to be thankful for, but you're still bored, even no matter, yeah. how, no, matter no matter how much nice things you have in your place, um, you're still bored and boredom just automatically gets to when you're just like, you start thinking about stupid shit and you get low mm-hmm. and the loneliness kicks in. You're like, oh, I don't have a girl. I don't have a guy. I'm sad. Oh yeah, my dad doesn't love me. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. this. Remember that time I was molested in school, and this, and and all this shit comes back, and it's just it just manifests into this big ball of crap that just weighs on you, and all of a sudden, and you were innocent, you were just chilling, eating, or whatever, you were trying to think about what you wanted to eat, and now you're in this moment, you're in this mood where you you weren't there five minutes ago, and now you're just depressed and angry. Um, so, so yeah, I look at it as something that's always chasing me and I don't, I don't want to run. For, I mean, I try, I mean, a lot of times I take it head on and I fight it off, but there's times where it's just like, not today, really. Um, but yeah, if we don't talk about it on this level, we don't break it down and yeah. use good analogies and things. People aren't going to understand it. Uh, it's interesting the way you think of it. I don't, see, I don't see it that way, but I get what you're saying though. No, me, sure. I see it as always, a, I always see it for me as a hovering shadow. Okay. Sometimes the shadow's greater and sometimes it's not, um, depending on where you are. But, you know, I, he- I heard an interesting quote, you know, like, the closer to the light you get, the greater your darkness becomes. I think that's interesting. And it's not saying that the closer to the light you get, the, the worse you're off. No, it's just showing that if you're going to get closer to the light, your darkness will become greater because you're going to be confronted with 
that darkness. And if you're trying to confront the light, your darkness does come out. And so I, I always, I do see it as a shadow. And I, and also with all this, sometimes there's no, there's nowhere to pinpoint something. You know what I mean? Like some people want to pinpoint what the problem is. And sometimes it's not it's something that can be diagnosed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the problem can't be diagnosed. I'm not talking about mental condition, but you know, when someone feels sad, right. Mm-hmm. And some people want to go, well, what are you sad about? It's frustrating because you just don't know. Yeah, sometimes, and sometimes you, don't. you just don't know. Some, or when you have those thoughts, you just don't know where they came from or why is it they're there. They just are. And that's just kind of the point. And I think sometimes people don't understand that about themselves and they want to kind of target what that problem was or what, what's the issue. And I'm sure, you know, a professional maybe can do that. But, you know, sometimes just let yourself feel that way. Don't let it, don't linger and don't let it, don't dwell on it though. Because um, you don't want to be consumed by it, you know, um, as much as what you can control. But, you know, for me, I don't know sometimes. Sometimes I just feel sad and I just need that day to feel sad. I don't think I need to avoid it. If I try to avoid it, that's kind of, um, that's just the way that I'm not going to be able to deal with it. So when I feel those days, I definitely need to just take a break from what I'm doing or take a step back. And I agree with you about the uh, boredom and loneliness. Because I think what's interesting about boredom is a lot of people don't think of it this way because it's just, being bored, but it definitely can contribute to some decline in mental health because I feel like when you're bored, even if you have kind of everything together, there's still like like a piece of you that's not really there. Like, how do I explain it? It's like you're purposeless. Yeah. Because you have everything, maybe you do have everything together, maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. But when you're bored, it's like, what can I do? There's nothing to do. I have no purpose. And then when you have the thought of I have no purpose, it's like, of course I have no purpose. Like you said, oh, this person doesn't love me. I don't have this, all this stuff. And so you reflect on all this stuff that you shouldn't be thinking about and it just gets worse and worse. It's like, you know, kind of like a snowball going down a hill and it just keeps growing from the thought of just you're purposeless when you're bored. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. No, no, yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, it's always, it's hard to have productive thoughts all the time, especially as a guy, like, sometimes you daydream, guys especially daydream about dumb shit, like, whatever, we daydream, <laughs> like, whether we're an athlete and we're, we're you know, whatever it is, we, it's just, we tell them we daydream, about, like, for a half hour about dumb shit, and it doesn't make any sense, but it, it's not negative, though, um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, I guess I should clarify even what I said earlier about, I felt like someone's always out the kill me i shouldn't more specify and say that they just don't want me happy um but yeah i it, it when it comes to boredom and all it, it, it really man like you just don't sometimes you yeah you don't really know why you're sad and these things sometimes when you have to, a greatest thing to do is kind of multitask and stay busy because when you when you slow down and you give yourself a chance to breathe breathe even though we all need that time tends to bite us in the ass when we're people who have dealt with mental health or we just, we take time for ourselves, especially when we're alone. Maybe when there's people around, it's, it's a little easier because you're interacting and things, but yeah, mm. you, you sit down and your life gets, it slows down. You just go, Ooh, well, now I have time to think about all the things I didn't think about, but you also do have to address these things. Cause that sometimes, even though you may not be able to figure out the root of your issue, Sometimes mm-hmm. there's issues that you just, you let go for so long that it's just in there manifesting and you're just like, oh, I don't know. But mm-hmm. you, and you can't figure it out until one day it just comes out. Like one day I was in therapy, my therapist brought up, up like my father and I just went on this mm-hmm. giant tirade of how much I hated him. 
and I don't even really mm-hmm. hate him, but I had so much anger built up. It was like, and, I, and like I had to take a back, I had to step back from myself and go, ooh, like wow, I should have addressed this a long time ago because I I didn't realize how much I hated him. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, when you when you there's a lot of skeletons in there. Um, yeah, it just it's it's like you know you leave something dead in a refrigerator for so long, it, it just smell yeah. starts to you know permeate through the house, and if so if you don't if you don't clean your refrigerator, well it's going to continue to smell and get worse, um, and that's kind of like with that with your with your brain like if you don't clean yourself and cleanse yourself of all these negative problems that you have yet to address, it, it's going to continue to get worse at some point, and sometimes it'll get better. Um, but I always look at it like, like the, the quicksand theory. And I say this so many times, but it's like, if you're constantly like with your mental health, if you're constantly taking two steps forward and one step backward, cause you're always going to relapse. You're always going to have a bad day when you're in our mm-hmm. position where we, we just, we've dealt with it our whole lives. So we're going to have mm-hmm. days, but if you can understand and appreciate that, you know what, I'm going to bounce back. And you do the next day. Whereas years mm-hmm. ago, it would, it would take you forever to get out of this fog. Um, and so that's progress. But progress okay. didn't just start from one day to the next. It's not, you know, when you, when you first start at the bottom of the steps, it's not one step and then two steps and now you're out of it. Like the steps continue to keep going, but you eventually you start to get closer to the door. So, yeah. And, and so, yeah, if you just keep making progress and now you're taking three steps forward and one step backward and you just, you're progressing, you're still falling, you're still going to fall back into your old behavior every so often. You're still going to have t- those moments. But again, when you have dealt with a lot of challenges in life, it just, you know, it happens and you just, you just live with it, but it's great to wake up the next morning and just smile it off. Yeah, no, that's, um, I mean, a lot of things are, you know, there's the power in the journey and the journey that you take to get there. But I think what people forget is the journey isn't linear and neither is mental health almost most things aren't. When you see people's stories and where they go from zero to a hundred, mm-hmm. it was not a ladder <laughs> or it wasn't even stairs. It was something else, whatever it was, whatever shape it was, but it was never something that just kind of, you know, accelerated. It wasn't something that was like a rocket. You know, it was, it was something that they had to learn to deal with. And when it comes to mental health and, you know, for people who struggle with it, know that, if you're intentionally trying to, to be better and trying to get better, that's what counts. And yeah. it's okay if you take a step back or if you have to move away from something or if you have to end a relationship. It may feel like you are, you know, not progressing. But if you have those intentions that you are and you're trying your best, I think that's what counts. Yeah. I, I've said something on a live the other day about cleansing your, your, your bubble, like your bubble, of like all your relationships you have in your life, whether it's a lover, mm-hmm. friend or whoever, anybody who brings you down. Now, some people are going through something at the time and they need you. That's one thing. But there are some people that are just mm-hmm. so negative and, and just yeah. toxic. And mm-hmm. it's just every time you try to get on the right foot and you try to start your engine and just be happy they just just shit all over it and just shut you down because and I don't know about for you but there are people that like there's people that I love and I can be myself and be happy with and just and just be goofy and have a good time and then there are people 
that just they don't cope well. I don't cope well with their personalities, and we don't we really don't really have great synergy. We just bounce off of each other, and it's like oof. And mm-hmm. I just kind of sh- I don't want to say I shut down where I don't talk, but I'm not like how I am with you right now. It's just like hey, what's going on? And and, and I I realize like that's just not good for me. I need to just get I need to cleanse myself of that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of the times I see, <laughs> sometimes I'll see, you know, trying to create more of a self-care culture, and I think we have to understand that self-care is hard. Mm. And I think that there's something, I think sometimes self-care can be glamorized to an extent where it's on the surface, where, you know, self-care can be chilling watching that, chilling watching Netflix or taking a walk, yes. <laughs> yeah. Those are good things to take care of yourself but more seriously that is the immediate feeling that you're going to be having but the longevity of your growth is going to depend on some hard decisions you have to make so if you have to quit a job or if you have to end a relationship or if you have to move or if you have to just disassociate yourself with certain people and cut people off sure it may hurt but maybe that's not the best place for you I don't know I feel like if you're in a you know, not everyone can just pick up and leave, though. That's not what I'm saying. You know, it depends. I think that if there's something you can change, um, even if it's just little steps, but not not everyone can just move. But for some, they can. Maybe they need to do that. But then there are some that maybe just need to let go of certain things. You know, don't have to go zero to 100. <laughs> but, you know, taking the necessary steps to, you know, have a more fulfilling and positive life. That's real self-care. And that isn't selfish. It may seem like selfish from their end. But they don't know that they, they have treated you a certain way for so long, you just can't take it anymore. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with you prioritizing yourself and your well-being to, you know, be the most healthy you can be or the most productive in a way that fits what you want. You know, I mean, because being productive, being successful is different for everyone. So whatever whatever is going to fulfill your growth, I think is the most important thing. But it comes with making some pretty hard decisions sometimes. Yeah. I think sometimes though, I think a lot of times when we're hurting and we're trying to heal ourselves, we feel the way to fix that is by helping other people. And you really can't help everybody. It's great too. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you don't start at home and don't try to help yourself, and again, I say this even as myself, I've, I've always been more wanting to, to please and help others. But and I, it's not a lot of times I don't focus on me and try to, you know, figure out what's going on with me because I just, I don't want to deal with it or it's just easier for me and it's, it's more enjoyable for me to just help someone else. Uh, so, mm-hmm. but it, it is good to try to deal with your issues and it's, it's, and it's good to do it openly and like reflective and just look at yourself in the mirror and say, look, what is your problems? And just because you, you weren't the cause of all your problems, like in my case with my eye condition, okay, it's not my fault, but you know, you still can't sit here and just say the world is against you. And even if it feels like it, even if it partially is or whatever, you can't sit around and dwell on it because it's not going to get you anywhere. You're going to stay in the same spot and it's not going anywhere. The world's not changing. If anything, it's getting worse. So get up and do something. You want to help people? Well, you got to help yourself first and then you can, you know, be positive and show everybody where you started off and how, where you are today. But you can't do that if you're in the same spot and you're and you're stuck in your mental health or mental filth, and you're just lost. Like you can't help anybody like that. You, you don't. You won't have anything in you to give. 
Um, and if anything, you're just going to lie. And, and, you know, and that's why for me, I, when I do mental health talks on lives and things, I, I try to show every emotion. I don't get on and just show when I'm happy. And even though maybe I'm happy more than, than not, I also sometimes if I'm depressed, I'll show that I'm depressed because I, I don't want people to think that just because I'm in a better place that I'm out of the woods entirely. And I think you got to show yourself honestly and, and show some humility because hopefully the next generation, the next group of people won't have to go through it as much because they'll have the tools and the understanding and, of, and the knowledge to know, you know, better tools to get them through this and to fix their issues. Because like I said, if we don't talk about it or don't talk about it honestly like you and I are, we're not going to go anywhere. Oh, yeah, exactly. I really get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk about just some of the, some of like your early days on when you dealing with your mental health and, and, you know, maybe some of the things that you, what you were, what you were actually internalizing, what you were struggling with? Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't think it'd be hard to say cause you know, I was always experiencing it sure. and you know, I had, there were times where I had trouble growing up with it because you know, sometimes your feelings and your emotions can feel all over the place. You don't know what to do with those pieces. Um, so it did take me some time. And I'm still, of course, dealing with it now. Um, but I think what helped me the most was having people around me that understood me and supported me. And, you know, seeing a professional for a good chunk of my life that would talk with me about my emotions and how to actually appropriately um, express them which I think helped a lot. So I learned how to do that and I learned different coping mechanisms like journaling helped a lot. And I know a lot of people say to journal, but it, it did really help. Um, it's really interesting. Just my writing journey because I, at a time, hated writing and I was really bad at it. <laughs> that was something that people worried me because I, you know, I wasn't a good writer. But one day it just kind of clicked. Um, I think because I explored a different form of writing because I, I got into poetry and I think that helped a lot, um, especially since writing style they teach you in school can be oppressive. <laughs> you know, it kind of stifles your creativity where you have to follow such a strict structure. Um, and I think poetry allowed me to branch out of that, you know, kind of be creative. And also, a lot of times the essays you write in school kind of are based on what you read or based on a discussion, but it's never based on really something that you reflect on or how you feel. It's always based on the facts or the evidence or whatever it is that you're writing about. And that was my experience. So I think also writing poetry was a way to just express myself because there was no problem comparing things that really had no right to be compared to. (laughs) Like, you know, you can compare almost anything in poetry and kind of make these connections that kind of don't make sense. Um, but they make sense to you and you're the author and you're making them make sense. That's the one thing I always enjoy with that kind of writing. So I think that helped a lot. Um, and now I write all the time and I, I love doing it. And now it's kind of what I'm going to be doing a lot when I'm going into my, you know, new career. So I think stuff like that really helped me a lot. And, you know, I've tried different medications that helped as well. So it was a, a lot of different things that helped me. And I'll be honest, you know, I had myself growing up, of course, but, my mental health didn't get as bad until, um, was I a sophomore or junior in my university? And that was when, um, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on at home. And that was in my first relationship, which I had 
never been, and I didn't know what it's supposed to be like. And it, there was a lot of different factors going on, but I was just having a really hard time with everything. And I started engaging in self-harm, which I never did. And I never thought about it ever. It never came across my mind. And But it did this time. Because I think the, the pain was, the emotional pain was, it was so much emotional pain. I didn't know what to do with that. You mean cutting? I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to control it. You mean cutting? Yeah. Okay. And so I, I didn't know how to control my emotions. They did get more warming than I ever thought they would have. More so than whenever I was a kid. So, you know, to kind of control the pain and control my life, that's what I did. It was never serious. I never, I mean, oh, I mean, well, <laughs> anyone cutting is very serious, but I, I never cut deeply, um, like enough for it to really like bleed or anything. It was just, you know, marks that were red. But anyway, yeah. the, that was something I engaged in. It's interesting because like the moment I did it, it changed everything. Like, from who, who I thought I was because I never thought I engaged in self-harm and when I saw that people did I always you know empathized and felt very bad but I never actually you know I did empathize I didn't exactly empathize because I couldn't understand I was like I don't understand why someone would do that I kind of sympathized with them then but when I started doing it I was like okay I really get this now I really get why people have done it and I read about why people do it it, it makes sense it may not seem rational to people but when you're in that when you're in that mindset of how dark it can feel, it feels like the only thing you can control, and you have so much pain that you want it relieved, and it kind of feels relieving when you do it. Um, and I vow to never do it again, but you know I always worry that I'm going to be at that place again. But now I know that it's not the right thing to do, and I know not to cross the bear, that boundary. But you know, like you said, you're always worried that those thoughts will come back and it will happen again. Um, but now I know I have the power to not do that. Yeah. But, and it's just when I say it changed everything because like I said, I didn't understand people doing that. And now, even though I haven't done it in years, it's still me. And it's always going to be me, which is what the interesting was. Like the, the, the first time, because like I said, I've never done it. The first time I did it, at that point, my identity kind of changed and I would always be someone that did that. Even if I wouldn't do it in 20 years, you know, it's always something that's still me and I can always go back. And that's kind of the scary part. Yeah. But, but I definitely learned a lot through that. And then I was also having suicidal thoughts. Um, there, was, there was even a moment where I grabbed a bunch of pillows from my, my parents' cupboard and I kept them. So I was like, just in case I ever needed them, I threw it away. But there was a time where I had that in my bag for couple months um and that was scary but like i said the pain was just too much and like you said sometimes you just want to be dead and i don't think i would ever ever do that but hey you never know yeah i think every time i think anytime someone mentions suicide let's take it seriously even if they say i would never do that well doesn't mean i'm gonna say anything to anyone but like i'm gonna check on you because you don't know, because like I said, I would never self-harm or participate in that, but look what happened. So we have to be careful when people say that, because even you, you're thinking that now, in your mindset right now, and how you're feeling, and you may be in a good place. Maybe in like, even like 
somewhat a dark place. But when you reach that bottom or that really dark place, mm-hmm. you might be a completely different person. You may think completely differently. So don't always rule it out that this isn't something that you would do. Because like we always say that. Like even people that may be assaulted, they go, I never, I was never the person that would be sexually assaulted. I was never the person that we, that would be abused. Like what's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. And there's no reason why you need to rule that out because it can happen to anyone. Yeah. And that's why we always need to be careful and need to, need to take care of ourselves because anything like this can happen. Um, and it's easy to think it won't happen to you, but yeah, I think that's another, I think that's another reason why, and I've talked about this before, especially with like the disability community, the homeless community, people who deal with addiction mm-hmm. issues. We tend to simplify things, but also we, we, we kind of brush things off because we, we, we don't think that it can happen to us. We just think like, oh, you know, because a lot of people with disabilities are born with disabilities and they're freak accidents and whatever. But a lot of people don't think about all the ones that happen later in life. You know, people think, oh, right. because we just like to say, we use scare tactics. Like, well, the homeless population, you know, well, they're all crazy drug addicts and, you know, they're stupid. That's not the case. Uh, there's a lot of brilliant uh, uh, homeless people. There's a lot of people with addiction issues that just life, certain circumstances just changed and altered their whole situation. It wasn't just, mm-hmm. oh, they were a drug addict when they were a baby, because that's not true. Um, and so we, we, we try to just, we try to scare our, our way out of it and say, nah, 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 that couldn't happen to me. There's no way, but it, it definitely right. could. Um, and as far as your point with just like with battling mental health, like I do think you get stronger from it. That's why you can continue to take f- steps forward and, and progress. You know, I'm, I'm going to say something nerdy, but there's this video game I used to play many years ago called God of War three, where mm-hmm. you battle all the, the gods and everyone you beat, you take a bit of their armor. You take a bit of their, whatever, one of their Mm. weapons or something, and you continue to get stronger as you progress through the game. Um, And that's kind of how you are in these battles where you you take a little piece of each of these fights and you you win them because you're you're winning them no matter what because you're still alive. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if you feel scarred or or wounded from the battle and you feel groggy and you're tired or whatever, you can take a nap and wake up and maybe feel better. Uh, or take a pill, or take something, exercise, or, or whatever you do that makes you happy, you can get out of it. Um, or, you know, and, and but you know many years, you know, or previously when you were in your worst, when you would get out of these battles, you would feel severely injured, and you would, wouldn't get out of bed. Or, you know, you wouldn't shower. Um, you won't do anything. You'll cry a lot, and you're just angry. You're like, in your case, you would cut, or whatever. You would think horrible things, and about yourself and others and whatever and you would be severely damaged from these battles and you wouldn't just get up but now you get out of them and you wake up the next day and you're like fuck it I'm on to the next thing like you, you can't hurt me I'm good and you just and you, and you become stronger and you know you're less sensitive not only to the world but to, to everything you're, you're you're just pushing and you're moving on and you just you learn uh yeah I don't know I guess that's how I look at it you yeah, know, and it's not really at all because um, <laughs> I definitely want to bring up something, but I think, oh my goodness, the power of fiction and imagination and, you know, video games or whatever it is that people can escape from. I know we say it as escape, but I think sometimes it serves that purpose. But like for me, sometimes gaming can be an escape, but like it actually has been like a good, like healing, you know, place for me because. One of my favorite games growing up was Kingdom Hearts. And (laughs) 
the game I've been playing since I was four years old or five years old when it first came out. Okay. And I remember it, I remember playing it my first time and I I still play it today. And it still holds these these innocent themes of just being a good person and friendship and the way some of these what some of these characters go through, I really can somewhat resonate with it. And it's sad because these are these are children and some of them some of them die. I mean of course this game people everyone comes back at the end. Sure. But they die or they're possessed and there's one character that has like a very good redemption arc and he you know, he says that he felt his darkness once and ever since. It's chased him around in one form or another. And I think that's such an interesting quote. And it doesn't directly correlate to mental health because he chose to go into darkness when mental health it kind of can just happen to you but the way he describes it though is the darkness is always around or the mental health is always around or those feelings are always around um and they always linger and so at the end he he learns instead of running from it to embrace it and those thoughts are just who he is and his power comes from those dark thoughts and i think that's so powerful and it's such a good lesson for people not to run from yeah, no, I think I think it is run from their fears or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, I think it is good to one delve into nostalgia and, and go into things that make that used to make you happy as a kid or whatever. Because I still have an N sixty four, and every and I don't even play video games that much. But every so often, I'll go back and I'll play a few games because I remember that was the time that I loved video games the most because you can bring a controller over and all your friends and you can have four people and you just have a good time. And it's not this where you go online now and you're playing some three year well, some thirteen year old who knows every respawn area and you can't even enjoy the game because the game has basically been rigged by a bunch of kids who play it at nauseum and you 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 work, you have a living, you can't just enjoy the game. Um and I it's but video games I, I think my second part, I really a point. I feel like video games, uh, uh, movies, television shows, and, and, and music, all different forms of entertainment. Sometimes you really do have to take a time to escape from your own life and get into a different universe. Uh, and it's night. Nice, and again, some it, you can't do it for too long because then your reality is shifted, and you know you come out of it, and you're you know it's just different. But if you can play video games or listen to music or watch a show and enjoy it and just escape from that universe, your own little muck of a world for a little while you know it, you can put yourself in a happier place um as long as you don't become too delusional and and think that like oh man like this world this i'm gonna create this world it's like no there's too much violence in that world it's you can't just can't play grand theft auto for too long and just think that that's okay um but again if you do if you if you reenact grand theft auto or some of these video games you were probably crazier before you picked up the controller so it didn't really matter just kind of exacerbated it a little more but um but yeah no i think i think these types of form of entertainment i do think they help i mean, know music is a big one a lot of people love to listen to music it, it calms them and soothes them and gets them mm. whether it's actual wor- ones with words whether i mean it, it could be even hard rock or rap or it could just be something you know, positive and, and sweet, or it could just be some sort of, you know, calming type of relaxation, Zen type music. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of, it's very therapeutic for a lot of people and, and big video games. And it was a big one. I mean, I don't play them as much as I used to, but I have a lot of friends like that's their world. They love video games and it, it helps them. 
uh, I was more using it as an analogy, but yeah, I mean, video games, it, it's, it's a great thing. And, and, you know, it's, it's good to just have other things to get into. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you have hobbies, like I, I, I bowl, um, mm-hmm. I get, you know, and, and even, and, and this is kind of, it, it makes sense for this conversation too, because I, my mental health kicks in with bowling. I bowl, um, I have a 120 average, which is all right, but the one thing that I, I try, I, I try to really push into my head and I, I don't accept it as much, um, is that I'm, I'm legally blind. I cannot see those pins completely. They're blurry to me. I can't see the little lines that are in the middle of the, the lane. So I'm winging it a lot of times. I can see the ball in my hand. I can see where to throw, but it doesn't mean I'm going to always be accurate because I'm, I'm pretty much blind on my left side and my right side is okay. But it's like I'm at a huge disadvantage. But then there's a, there's another proponent where the mental part that goes into it because I'm so focused on trying to get everything right and work on my eyes and try to see everything. Mentally, sometimes I could talk myself into throwing a strike, but I can't, t- I mean, a, a gutter because I get so down on myself and frustrated and I'll go, ah, I, I know you're going to throw a gutter. And then I will. And I'm not doing it intentionally. But mentally, I get so down on myself and hurt because I want because it's a team sport that you know it's a four four player team, and I want to win. I want to contribute to the team, but I also know my my blindness is is impacting me, and that which is that is impacting my mental health because now I'm so sad because I feel like I'm the reason we lost the game, even though I have a legitimate reason why, you know, I can't I can't see those pins down there. And again, I've had a game where I threw a 194. That's my best game. So I've had games like I'm not terrible. It's just there's times mm-hmm. where mentally and visually they they don't coexist and they just screw me up. Uh, but anyway, like as a hobby, it, it's it's okay to have hobbies. It's okay to have all these different things that you know you can escape from your own world because sometimes our world is isn't the greatest, and that's how you get mm-hmm. through life when you have something to look forward to, like another video game, like a sequel or a new movie coming out, you have things, it keeps you going because now you have a reason to live. You go, oh, you know what? This next album is coming out from this artist I love. It's coming out in two months. Well, that's two more months you want to live. So, you know, celebrate that. And then maybe in two more months, they announce another album or another artist comes out or maybe a tour that's coming through your town um, or any form of entertainment. Like I said, more sequels to games or movies or something. You just keep finding little things to grasp onto that want to, to make you feel like, Oh, I should still be alive for this. Mm, yeah. I threw a lot in there. Yeah. And I think, um, and I think also when like you chase those feelings of nostalgia, of course, good nostalgia, because there's sometimes things that can make us nostalgic can be actually bring on the childhood trauma that some people have, but okay. finding those good moments that you had, I think that they can help you feel grounded. And I, I personally think that, you know, your inner child never went away. I think sometimes people think that we grow out of our inner child, but I think it's always there. <laughs> and it's always curious and it's always wanting more for you. And it's always wondering else what's out there. And I think that, you know, feed it and, you know, kind of support it. And I think sometimes doing that is being grounded in what you used to enjoy. But if you don't really enjoy it anymore, then that's different. But feeling chasing those feelings in the stage, I think can be really helpful and kind of remind yourself of where you started and where you are now. Like a, almost like a little time travel. <laughs> yeah. No, you have to remember where you came from. Remember the things you enjoy. Yeah. Not everything will be as enjoyable because you know, I'm sure right. play kingdom hearts. You, you still feel something, but it's not as you first played it. Like nothing. Is. Yeah. 
I mean, you watch mm-hmm. a movie, as much as you love the movie, you, you know the ending. You know what's coming next. Now, you may figure, you may learn some new parts in there, some things you didn't really, uh, you know, you didn't figure out when you first watched it. But it's still not the same when you first, when you first watch a show. Like when I watched Breaking Bad to its end, the first time I was on my seat. Like I was like, holy shit, this is like an anxiety attack for like however many episodes, 60 episodes or whatever it is. It's like, oh my God, like this is ridiculous. Now when I watch mm-hmm. it, rewatch it, I really enjoy it. I appreciate the acting. I appreciate everything that's going on. And there's some things I do pick up on that I didn't pick up on when I previously watched it. But it's not as enjoyable because I know what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay to take a trip down memory lane. Again, sometimes that can be a negative thing too, as well, because you'll take a trip down memory lane to the bad land and that's never great either, but find, like I said, you just, you, you start on that. And this could also work for someone's passion too. Like you realize like, what are things that I'm, forget what you're good at, figure out what, what things make me happy. And if you can kind of stay in that lane and go, okay, this makes me happy. Let me let me take these three things. How can I kind of combine them all into some little happy smoothie? And and then you know maybe maybe it's just one thing that it, it changes your life and you find a career out of it. Um, like for you, you you were just journaling, you know what you what whatever was going on in your life, and then you turned it into a passion of oh, I didn't think I liked writing, but I like this form of writing. I like what I'm writing mm-hmm. about. So, mm-hmm. and that comes from that. And all of a sudden now you have something that you enjoy doing. I think too many people do a lot of things they don't enjoy, including being married to somebody they don't, you know, enjoy. Mm-hmm. People just do a lot of things they don't enjoy. And it's like, well, you get rid of that. Maybe, maybe easier said than done. But there's, again, like I said earlier about cleansing your bubble, not just get rid of people, but get rid of the things that you don't enjoy. And I know, and again, that doesn't mean you could do it this second. Like, obviously you have to pay the bills and maybe you're not in a job you love. But, you know, someone once told me, like, when I wasn't really enjoying the job that I was doing at the time, they're like, well, it's helping pay for your podcast, Mike. It's helped paying for your podcast board. It's helped paying for your mm-hmm. cat litter and, and the things that, you know, all the things that are enjoyable in your life and, and, and help keep your cat alive and all these things. It's helped paying for that. So don't look at it as just this horrible job. You may not enjoy it entirely, but at least it's helping you to move on to the next part of your life, the next chapter. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, you can't completely move on that second, but you have to find ways to cleanse it. Because if you don't, you're always going to be miserable. And you see those people mm-hmm. every day. Those just old timers, but they're just miserable their whole life. They didn't marry the person they were supposed to marry and you know they don't have the job that they thought they were meant to have they didn't see themselves when you they asked them where do you see yourself in 20 years they didn't see themselves here and it's because they never tried to progress they never tried to evolve and 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 change those things that that really were the cause of of what was ailing them yeah and i um i feel bad you know that they didn't take a leap and they didn't take that leap for themselves their growth or their future. And I can definitely understand why, you know, there's some people that just are too scared to take that risk. And, you know, hopefully what they decide to do will be their journey. But I feel bad for people who kind of look back and question what if they did decide to do that. So it is kind of sad to see that happen to some people. Yeah. 
you just like regret is a bitch and you just don't want to regret yeah. your whole life. You don't yeah. want to continue to think about all the times you could have went right when you went left. It's like, oof, yeah. because that's the time, you know, it's, it's the times that, and not even just the, the way it's not even like whether you went left or right. There's times where you had, a, you had two choices, three choices and you just chose none. And it's like, yeah. man, like, you know, maybe there was that girl you were in love with, that guy you were in love with, and then you just, mm-hmm. you didn't say something. And again, we've all been there. That's not like, it's not like I'm saying this as a person who's like exempt from any of this stuff, but there's many times we, we regret the times we could have done something. It could have made a difference in some way, shape or form. And now our life is impacted by that because we didn't make the choice. Um, yeah, Absolutely. And- yeah, and you, you, you know, again, like I said, I know it sounds easier said than done, but I'm a person who's, who's been on both sides of this, and you pay for it when you don't, you don't try, and it, 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 when you sit there and you harbor on it and you, you think about it, and you're like, man, if I would have just done this that way, and it was right in my face mm-hmm. the whole time, and I didn't do it, 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 it yeah, it bites in your yeah. ass. <clears throat> Um, so what, what are, just like quickly, like, what are some of the, I mean, you don't have to be quickly, but like, what are some of the things that you were like the most prominent things that you were the most sad and angry about? Mm. Mm. I think, you know, I will say this, the one thing I can remember quite clearly and I still have trouble today but I'm a lot better now because you kind of build this <laughs> resistance after a while you've gone through it but I think the one thing that I struggle with the most was rejection and how to overcome setbacks I think that was the hardest thing for me because for me especially when I put my entire self in it like when I apply for something or I go for a job or I apply for this board position or even just apply for a program or a class, whatever it is, anything. And I'm really passionate about it. And I put my, and I give my entire heart to it. And then when you aren't selected, I mistakenly get too personal, you know? And I thought that it was a direct attack on me and my character not anything else mm-hmm. so that was hard because when you when you experience rejection it's so easy to internalize it and instead of it being maybe it just wasn't a good fit <laughs> maybe that was just the bulk of it maybe that was what it what really was it just wasn't a good fit um, but instead you think there's something wrong with you and you did something wrong yeah. and so that was one of the things I had the most trouble growing up with kind of experiencing. Yeah. I think that that's a problem for a lot of people. I mean, I deal with it where you fantasize, you dream up of a situation, you go, okay, this is how it's going to go in your head. And then some parts of it end up that way. It's like, if you were to, you were to have a conversation, like an important conversation that you want to have with somebody, let's say a, a boss or something, maybe you're looking for a pay upgrade or just something that bothers you. And you have this conversation in the mirror, how it's going to go. And then you get in there and it doesn't even start the same. And, and now you're altering how you were going to talk and every it's just different. And so like you dream of these situations of how they're supposed to go. And then you put the time in too on top of it. 
And then it's almost like, wow, did I just waste my time? Like, what, what is this? And you feel like defeated and you feel like it wasn't worth the time. But again, it's almost like going back to that whole God of War thing where it's like when you, you go through these life experience and you, but you, you're certain parts you take with it. There's things you did learn from it because not, every closed door isn't always a bad thing. There's a lot of times there is an open door further down, the, you know, down the hall. It's just this, you needed to see this first because you thought this was the end game for you. This is, this is where you saw yourself going. This is uh, as far as you thought you could make it, but maybe that wasn't the right, you know, objective. That wasn't the right, uh, the right door to choose. And so it slammed in your face and, and we tend to sometimes be defensive and look at it like, Oh man, like this is it. Like, I mean, this is, is it, am I at fault? Is, what is this? Is the world against me? And then you realize, Oh, there's another door open down. Let me see what that one's about. And then you realize, mm-hmm. oh, maybe this is supposed to be a passion. And maybe that door slams in your face. But if you keep learning some from things from those doors shutting, you can progress. You can become a better person and you just take mm-hmm. them with you. And then you, you use that as fuel too because you're like, oh, okay, these people didn't want me or this didn't work out for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find some niche and I'm going to find something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be something. Uh, and that's how you just keep going. But yeah, it, it is very hard because like I said, you set, a lot of times we set ourselves up for failure because we look mm-hmm. at it. We do take out all the bad parts out of it and we just we filter all that and we go – it's going to be a good thing where this is going to work exactly how I imagine it. And then it never does. Even if it works out, there's still some parts in there where you're like, Oh, it didn't really go exactly. How I was a little, it was a, I landed. It just was a rough landing. It was a lot of turbulence. Um, but yeah, it's, it, yeah. yeah. And I think it's also okay to stay within the moment. <laughs> I think people are always looking for their next gig or the next position or their next thing. They're always happy. Where, we, where do you see yourself in five to ten years? I like those questions because it shows how ideal you are and like how futuristic you are and how you're thinking. But I don't think you need to stick that way because the plan will change. Like, it's guaranteed. <laughs> I think there are very few people that can say, I wanted to do this, I did it, and I'm here, and it was perfect. <laughs> um, but I think for a lot of people, it will change. And so there's nothing wrong with that necessary change happening. So even if you go into a position or you go into this place, it's not exactly what you think. Try to embrace it and try to think of the positive that's coming from it. I mean, if it's terrible, that's different. <laughs> sure. You know, but if it's not completely what you were looking for, still try to leverage that opportunity because it's something that may really benefit you. Um, and so what I've learned is there are things that I put my being into that I didn't get. And it was so heartbreaking. And it was just even recently, like two, two years ago or two, three years ago, I didn't get things that was still very upset about it. And this was different because I spent months on this and months and so many things on how to do it and you know how could i be the best person for this position and just quickly i didn't get it not even an interview for some of them but what i learned was after the fact something else came up you know i had an opportunity to do something even better then and in that moment you know allow yourself to be mad though don't let it again don't let the don't let the emotions don't become the emotions don't let them consume you. But there's nothing wrong with being mad in that moment. You know, just allow yourself to have it. Allow yourself to grieve. Just allow yourself to have it. Um, but like you said, the next day or even the next week or whenever you're going to, you know, feel better, um, keep trying. Because yeah. chances are you'll find that place. And also, what I learned was not only did I get to do something better, but in hindsight, it 
probably was not a good fit for me. Um, it, it felt like it was. And I felt like I could create a lot of impact through it. But I learned my talents and my passions were better used somewhere else. So I always, not everyone thinks this, and that's okay, but I do. I think that maybe not everything happens for a reason, because I will not wish that on anyone, because sometimes traumatic things happen to people, and I don't think that that needed to happen. But I think most things happen for a reason. Yeah. And every time life beats you to the ground, you keep getting up. And at some point, you just got to put your hands up and block. And then they may come around with the other hand and hit you again. But eventually, you just keep getting adapted to their technique. You just keep blocking and you keep fighting it off. And at some point, you just you become super strong. And it, it's harder to knock you on your ass now because you're strong and, and you're more equipped mm-hmm. and you're, you're mentally prepared because – it's a huge mental battle and it's, there's so many challenges. There's so many times that people are going to tell you, you, you suck. Even if it, it's not indirectly, we're just like, you suck. They'll, they'll have subliminal ways of just letting you know, like you're not fit for this. You suck. You're not worth it. Um, and sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong, but you just can't hone on it. You can't just sit there and dwell on the, and marinate in this whole filth of, uh, I suck. Cause that's where you, that's when you start taking the trip for, further down and, you yeah, know, that's when you sink. And you know what? Yeah, just and at that point, when you can get to the stage, just try your best to move on. And you know what? They saw something. I'm right for the position, but they didn't see your value. They didn't see your worth. And so I would say, go somewhere where they will see that. And that's the people you want to be around. You don't want to be around a company that doesn't that doesn't want you. And maybe it may not seem like that but what if it was like your dream company and just because you didn't get it now doesn't mean you're not going to be there in 10 years you know always keep that dream in your mind and always try to go for it you know yeah and you got to challenge like your fears too because a lot of your fears are always going to keep you from enjoying the best life possible i'll use an example yeah. where recently like i kind of wanted a, a, a position change in my other job and I didn't really enjoy what I was doing. I wanted to make a difference. They hire people with disabilities, and I want to be able to bridge the gap between the people with disabilities and the people that don't. I'm more vocal. I try to take the leadership, and I feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to those who hire us uh, with disabilities. And you know, they want people to understand us outside the company, but how could you under how could they understand us when you guys don't and you're around us every day? And so I wanted to get in a better position where I can try to bridge the gap and help us and so on and so on. But there was a part of me when I was going to the woman who's second in command to tell her this and all this. And again, same like I was telling you earlier, like you have this conversation in your head and you want it to go a certain way. And there's 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 three ways of doing it. You could go in there, burn everything to the ground and say, fuck you, this and this and this is how I feel. And you'll lose your job. And then there's the, th- the third, the second way where you can kiss ass. And you lose your integrity. And then there's the third way where you keep your integrity and you say how you feel. You you present it in a way that's still respectful, but still you still keep your integrity by saying how you would still say it. Just, you know, less profanity and, you know, whatever, but aggressiveness. Um, And so, you know, I go in there and I say what I got to say and you just and it all went well. And things are going, you know, moving up and figure, you know, things are just going better in, in that job. And, and I felt good about myself. But there are times where I could have done that or, or had other conversations like that with them. And I chose not to because of past history 
or just because, you know, I hit a roadblock mentally where I'm just like, no, nah, I don't want to because there's no point. But you never know until you do it. And so when you, when your fears will get in the way and they'll tell you what, no, no, don't bother. Don't go up to that person and say hello because they're going to reject you uh, or, or whatever it is that you're challenging, whatever you're, you're, you're afraid of at that moment. And so if you don't do it, you'll never know. But there's a lot of times that you can really come out of it and feel good about yourself because you, even if you, even if something negative comes from it, you can still own the fact that, you know what, I stayed to my guns and I was myself and I went in there and again, if I would have gotten in trouble for doing that or fired or, or whatever, didn't go completely my way, yes, for a second you'll be pissed and you'll be angry, but you could still go in and go, you know what, I didn't kiss ass. I didn't, um, I didn't burn the bridge down. I went in there respectfully. I said what I had to say. I meant what I said, and I, I'm, trying, I'm doing it for the better, for the good. So how can I be mad at myself? And I fought off my yeah. head. My head told me not to. So, and that's the thing. You just, like I said, you take every battle in a different, different light. You look at it, you take it yeah. in, in its own, you can't look at every battle as, you know, all at once. They're all different. Uh, even if it's, even if the topic is similar or whatever, but you go into the battle and you just go, all right, how do I figure out how to defeat this enemy? And, you know, again, you're going to lose some, but as long as you don't lose the ultimate battle, which is life by killing yourself, you're going to be fine because you're going to get stronger. You're going to keep, you're going to continue. Your armor is going to continue to get bigger and, and, and let, you can't penetrate it anymore. Whereas years ago, like the smallest thing would make you cry or, or would really hurt you and set you back. But now it just, it just like kind of reflects right off you and just bounces and you're good. Yeah. And I love what you said about challenging the fears because those, those fears can really dictate us. And they go, they go back to what we were talking about, about people being indecisive and not making a decision. And then kind of just sticking to that comfortability. And it really reminds me of the, uh, the poem by Marianne Williamson, Our Deepest Fear. And, you know, it talks about how our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And for some people, that's frightening. For some reason, we are scared of what, how powerful and how accomplished we can be. And I think people are afraid of that because they don't envision it. They don't see it as a possibility. But I want people to, I want people to go against that and kind of just picture like what success looks like to them. And I want them to think in their head and I want them to double that success because it can go beyond what they're even thinking because who knows what we're going to, where we're going to be tomorrow or the next day. But I think the, the main thing is, is taking that leap though. Again, it, it's all about that. You know, a lot of people who are successful, they had to put themselves out there. They had to do things that they weren't comfortable with. I think it's all about, Embracing that again, the embracing the uncomfortability, and just trying something different, and seeing if how it works, and if it will work. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, and how good does it feel when you like push past that? Like, you know, let's say you know if you have a, a fear of public speaking, like I, I I have in the past, and I remember for my senior year, I knew I knew in eighth grade that. 
at some point I'm going to have to do a senior project and I'm going to have to present it in front of the class. And I was petrified for four damn years. And mind you, I did a few presentations in between and I was petrified of them too. But I was afraid of this one because I knew it was coming. I didn't, you know, there was no guarantee of the others. Uh, and so when this one happened, uh, I did it. I think I got like a 95 or something of some good grade. And, but when it was over, I put down the poster board and, and it was, I think it was about, I believe it was about Hamlet or no, Edgar Allan Poe. And uh, I don't remember the exact topic, but I, I chose Edgar Allan Poe for some reason. And uh, after it was done, it was just, I felt liberated. I just felt like that whole, like you just feel good. Like you almost feel like a different person because now it's, it's almost like someone says like, good job, TJ. And it's like, all of a sudden I'm being like overly vocal. Like, yeah, guys, what's up? Oh, I know I went well. I was like, and that wouldn't have been me because I'm quiet normally. And it's like, I'm, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm anxious and, and, you know, whatever. And so but when you, when you get past that feeling uh, and, and you achieve whatever it was that your mind told you you couldn't do or whatever you were afraid of, you feel so much better, like the, the feeling, the rush of just thrill. Like I can imagine that's probably what it feels like times 10 when you skydive. Like a feeling of you just, you know, the scariness of like, oh my God, I'm, I'm floating in the air and I'm crashing to my death. And then you land after all that. And it's like, oh my God, let's do that again. Like, you know, it, it, that's why there are people that have those adrenaline junkies. Like, they love to just do something crazy, and then when they're done, it, it's their high. It's their addictiveness to it. Um, yeah. And there's a part I wish I could really get in, tap into that for me, because I, I, I love when I can just pass, you know, push past whatever it is is bugging me um, and just get past the anxiety and then just do it, because I did it the other day, and it was like, it felt so good. It's like, shit, like, I want to do this again. And it's like, I can't, I don't want to recreate the same conversation with her, but it's like, man, that's, I just, I just felt so good about myself and that's shit. I mean, that's, that's something worth doing again. Yeah. Well, but yeah, and again, that, that's just an example for me, but there's so many examples I can give for myself or others. And you're out there just, like I said, sometimes you just have to take, you have to say, screw it and wing it. And just see what happens. And you may fail. And again, I, sometimes those failures hurt. Especially if it's like you're getting rejected by a, a person you're interested in or something. But man, like, trust me, like not doing it, 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 it hurts so much more in, long, in, you know, in longevity wise. Because it, it, you'll, you'll think about that one person. You may be in your 40s and you'll think about that one girl you could have asked out to prom. And you saw mm-hmm. her with another guy or another girl. And you're like, shit. It could have been me. And you knew it. Like mm-hmm. you, and then you heard, maybe you heard years later, like, yeah, she always thought you were cute. And you're like, ah, oh, like, really? Come on. Mm-hmm. I wish she would have just thought I was ugly. That'd make, it'd make me feel better. But now she actually was interested <laughs> in me and I just, I didn't pull the trigger. And then you see who she's married to. You're, like, you're stalking her on Instagram or something. You're like, oh, that's who she's married? Oh, come on. And so, yeah. And, yeah. and, and just, you, you think about those things many years. Like you think about the embarrassing times that you, like moments where you could have just really you could have you could have changed your life for for a different way um so yeah that's that's just getting over you like i said that's what i'm saying like if you don't go through if you don't go through every little tunnel of mental health you just continue to talk about it on a surface level we'll never get anywhere but you go into these places now you you understand like the mindset and if you're not judgmental you don't listen to two people who are just babbling about their pain and you just think like oh well shut up who cares like get over it like no man like this shit is real um, mm-hmm. and you, if you are, you're willing to understand and just because it, this is how we deal with it, you and I still have 
different theories on how we get through it and all that. But at the end of the day, we just want to be alive and try to live a fruitful life. But there's other people who have other ways of how they deal with it. I mean, there's people that don't take medication at all, don't exercise or don't eat well or whatever. There's people that eat well. And, and everyone has a way to dealing with something. And it's just, it's putting them all out there. And some, hopefully one of them lands on something that you, you know, that would help you. Uh, like hopefully this conversation helps one person at least because there are people that right now that are struggling and, and want to die or don't think they're good enough for whatever reason. And, you know, you and I have been in this shit. Um, and we're telling you that, yeah, we're not completely out of it, but we're, we're better, better than we were. And that's all we can hope for. And hopefully by tomorrow, maybe tomorrow will be better than yesterday. And, 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 you know, mm -hmm. can, can continue to push forward. Yeah. Um, I didn't even ask you, do you have like anything to promote? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I actually have my own digital magazine called positive vibes magazine. And we write stories about, you know, the mental health journey of people. And so yes, that, and then also just, my personal social media, please reach out if you ever, you know, want to talk or need anything or have advice or have questions. I'm starting now to kind of help people, you know, write their own stories. I've had a couple people reach out about, you know, I, I'm always trying to be vulnerable and tell my story, but actually a lot of people have, a pro have trouble finding their own story and they've gone through a lot and they've experienced adversity, but how do they actually condense it and tailor it to a story that is captivating. And I'm not saying it's not, but a three hour story may not be captivating, but maybe a 15 minute impactful speech could be. So that's what I mean when I say that. So if you have any questions about how to tell your story or, you know, where to find speaking opportunities, whatever it is, please hit me up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, um, I, I don't know if we covered everything that we, that you would like to cover. Cause I'm, I'm down if you want to talk about a little more, um, but I don't want to beat it into their heads, but I mean, if, if you have something else you want to address, please address it. No, I don't think so. Honestly, I, I really love what we talked about. I didn't think we would talk about some of these things, but I really do appreciate you giving me the space and, you know, for me to have the ability to share my story in a authentic way. I've never really talked in detail about self-harm, but I'm glad I did. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Anytime. No, I, 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 not to try to be like, you know, put it on me and pat myself on the back. But for me, it's hard. I, and I've done other podcasts and it's hard when mm -hmm. someone says, tell your story in 15 minutes or a half hour or whatever. And then we're going to condense it down to 10 minutes or whatever. It's hard mm -hmm. because my story is yeah. more than that. And it, it, there's a yeah. lot of stuff I have to skip. And it almost just seems like, okay, I'm visually impaired. Now yeah. I have mental health, graduated high school, and now this and this. And, you, and you're like, and now I'm a podcaster. Okay, see you guys later. Um, I like to have an open conversation. Sometimes they go a little longer than I'd like. But when you're into the conversation, you're enjoying yourself, it's like, man, screw it, man. Like, let's just have fun. And, and let's just, ha I'd rather someone get the whole conversation. And we're in a world where you can just hit play or, or excuse me, pause. And then hit play when you're done. Like you, you could just, you can come back to it. Um, mm -hmm. If it's a three hour conversation, three hour conversation, but at least you, you get its entirety and you get to hear, and again, not that you can still tell your whole story in three hours, but you have a better, better right. chance of doing it. And, and yeah. you, you can, you can get more, you can, the context gets spread out a little more. It's not just, you can just take a couple little 
you know, snippets of audio and just say, all right, little sound bites and just say, oh, all right, there's this and that. I guess that defines him. I was like, no, we had this whole interview where we had this long conversation and we got to know each other and, and got to tell each other. Again, we didn't talk about a whole lot. We talked about some important stuff that helps people. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I think it's just good to get the whole thing out and or get as much of it out as possible. So that way, because yeah, there, there's a part a person out there that will hear your story and may just hear one part of it and it impacts them in, in, in a positive way. And it may not be your story at all, just other than one little thing you or I said. And it's like, shit, that yeah. hurt me. And it doesn't have to be anything. It, it, it could hear all of it and just go, eh. And all of the other stuff was cool, but this one part like really hit me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. That, that that does help. And that's good enough for me. And you know, that's what it is for me, too, I think. I'm sorry. No, there you go, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, one person, even if it's minimally, like minimally, like something they took from it and it impacts them greatly, um, even if it was a small thing, like you said, that is worth it. And I think, I think that's how it usually goes. <laughs> it's, you know, I think that there are some stories that, you know, you can resonate with a lot of it, but for the most part, you know, you can resonate with that one thing you heard or that one quote, um, or you know, you watch this movie and it's a great movie, but that one part is what really stood out to you. I think those are important moments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You could watch a good or bad movie and there's one part in there. So like, man, that was whatever. That was great. That was something that like, I won't forget. Like I remember the movie, uh, uh, was it taken where he, he shoots, Mm -hmm. he, I guess this is a negative thing, but he shoots his wife. And, or he shoots the one guy's wife to get information because he's trying to find his daughter. And it's like, my, I don't think I've ever seen somebody go to that length of, of trying to get to who he's trying to find his daughter. And again, there's plenty of movies where they're trying to, you know, get to point A to point B and they're trying to get something done and they're, they're, they're just killing people or fighting people. But it was just one part of this movie that was like a very average movie. Good action, but like the storyline's a little iffy. But it's like, it's almost one part. And I'm just like, you know shit like that was cool i never seen that in a movie before uh and, and sometimes that's all it takes it, it, so it's the same thing with this it's it's you just, sometimes you just hear one little thing and it's like man i can resonate with that um but yeah i i, I do appreciate you coming on and, and uh I, I do when i bond with someone uh cause there are people that come on and they just they just want to get their story out they want to promote what they want to promote and they want they're done and that's that's fine whatever uh we're using each other for the same thing but in this case, like there's our people that I, there's a lot of people I come on. I really enjoy them. And so like, you know, and especially as a, as a, a mental health person, if you ever need someone to talk to, or you just need to, you know, about anything, not just about mental health shit, just, you just need someone to bullshit with, please reach out to me anytime. Like you got my number. Um, and I will check on you from time to time, but you know, it's not just about getting a podcast for me. Like I appreciate you coming on, but you know, I'd rather us be friends and you know, you know, if you ever need anything, you know, whatever a story or something for whatever you're working on, please reach out anytime. I owe you one really. Oh, absolutely. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And again, same for you. (laughs) You have my number now too. So if you ever need anything, please reach out. Um, you got anything you need. I appreciate that. That's awesome, buddy. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like that's just needed to do and say, like, I think some people may think I just say that just to say it, but I do mean, and I try again, the more I, the more I do the more opportunities I have to meet other people and, and, 
the less time I have to check on everybody, but I try my best to check on people because it's, it's important because it's always nice to know that there's someone out there thinking of you at some point in time, and especially when it's when you're going through something. Um, but even if you're not, it's like even if you're in a good mood and someone goes, hey, good morning, how you been? It's like, oh, I haven't heard from you in a few months. Oh, I'm good, how are you? It's just nice to know that someone cares. Uh, it doesn't have to be someone you like absolutely love. It just could be someone who's just generally out in the world and they're just like, you know, I wonder wonder how Zane's doing. Oh, all right. He's cool. All right, good. Good to hear. I'm glad he's happy. Um, so, yeah, I guess well, anytime yeah. you need something, I'm here. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Yeah. Like I said, buddy, I got you. you know, we got each other's numbers. So, um, and I promise it, it'll be a little while. The episode's going to come out next year. Uh, I don't know the exact date, but I, it will come out, I promise you. Um, and, and I will put your links. I will ask for it. when the episodes come in like within a week, I will just say, send me some links and stuff. Um, so I'll promote anything you want to promote. If there's more things you want to, you know, even if it's something we didn't talk about, you want me to throw it in there, I'll throw it in there. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Yeah. Well, no worries. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really, really thank you. Yeah. Anytime, buddy. No problem. Well, awesome. Yeah. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you again. All right, brother. Take care. You too. All right, buddy. Of course, I can't find my phone to hang up. I think he hung up. Uh, ah, now he hung up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bullet, you want to say something? He is here. He's awake. Bullet, come here. Come here, big guy. Come here. Look. Come to the mic. Come here. There you go. Contribute. No? Is that it? Was that your contribution? That's good enough. That was better than the last episode. I'll give you that. A for effort for Buleto. Um, yeah, he's just chilling here with me. When podcasts come around, he knows to just come lay next to me. I didn't say he knows. He just he just does. I don't tell him to do it. Uh, but yeah, guys, again, thank you for supporting us. Um, I say us because it's, it's a concerted effort. Um we're we're all together here on this. I, I I know I run the dumb thing, but I just let it be a free little space for us to all get along and talk and try to have a conversation. I will say quickly before I get out of here, there are times people and I, I'm not talking about this episode. But there are times because I, I thought about this recently uh, that people come on here and they say things that I don't necessarily agree with, and I try not to argue because it's not meant to be an argumentative show. I just want to get people like people have a take. And whether you agree or disagree, and that's, it goes for me as well. If you don't agree with everything I say, that's fine. But you, we're not supposed to. It's okay if you don't agree or, or disagree. It's okay if you don't agree with me. But know that my message is relatively pure, and I'm trying to help people and trying to do some good. And there are people that say some things that I don't really completely agree with, whether it's some religious thing or a political thing. I don't have to completely agree with it. But their message, they're still trying to do some good. And that's I think we get lost in we don't agree with somebody on one thing, they're automatically a terrible person. And the reality is, there's some of the worst people in the world. You can find some good things that Hitler did. You can find some good things that some bad people did. And you can find some bad things that some good people did. We all have some evil in us, regardless if you want to admit it or not. Um, but one thing does not define a person. And that, that probably should be the theme of this show. Because, obviously, with the disability thing, a disability doesn't define a person. Uh, one thing, even if it, no matter how heinous it is, one thing cannot define a person. It just doesn't. 
Um, and so I, I, I just wanted to address that because I, I, there are times that maybe it may seem like I, I want to fight back and I just don't. And it's not that I'm afraid to. If anybody who knows me outside of this, I love to argue. I love to have conver- conversations. But I don't think this is the time or place unless it really needs to. And then, I, you know, I'll push back. But, like, I also don't care when someone disagrees with me either. It's, it's just not the time or place for that. I'm not, I don't want it to be some sort of argumentative show. It, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't, it, it, it convolutes the message. It's pointless. Um, so yeah, I got that out. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we got a little taste of bullet. We got a nice conversation and, um, I'm outie. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Take care of yourselves and, you know, find something that makes you happy. All right. All right. Uh, bye-bye. Thank you.